with the deeper dive into endurance training um, and 80-20, I've had this um, this better grasp of endurance and aerobic based training. Um, and I've learned so much about so much more about energy systems. Now, before I went into this realm, um, like my big thing was, you know, getting certified through OPEX and, um, and working through OPEX, um, which is again, just a, a, it's a more progressive, um, and structured approach to training for anything, right. Functional fitness or whatever. And so there, you know, James, the founder, James Fitzgerald is, is, is big on energy system training. So he talks about, you know, aerobic energy system training and aerobic energy system training. So that was already a big focus, but going into the 80, 20 realm, it's like, man, I learned even more. Mm-hmm. And so then what I, what I've been able to do is not only have a greater understanding and appreciation for all the endurance athletes that I work with. Um, but it just gives me so much more insight into how I'm programming and, and building programs for people. Right. When I'm doing aerobic work or conditioning based work and kind of the intensities that we're, we're going at and, and like what is sustainable and what's not sustainable. Um, I've, I've had this like greater appreciation and understanding now through 80, 20. Cause it's like, I think with any, I think with anything, it's like, you just need to live in the trenches, mm-hmm. you know, like you I just totally need, agree. Yeah. Like you just need to do the thing. I always, I always love, um, and this is why I think what makes great coaches is people who are always trying to learn, right? It's not like yeah. you're stuck in your ways that I'm only going to do this style of training. Uh, like, you know, I know there was a while in your program that you had a lot of single leg um, Swiss ball hamstring curls. Right. Okay. And then I remember thinking to myself when I saw Luke doing them consistently, I'm like, I guarantee you these are going to pop up in other people's programs. Then sure enough, I see a lot of your other clients doing that. Or like um, in between... Uh, uh, in between intervals, not just stopping and resting, yeah. but continuing an easy spin and trying to stay in like a zone one sort of thing or a zone two. Um, I'm happy you brought that up because 80-20 opened my eyes to that. Um, I was used to doing an interval and stopping Yeah, uh, in everything that I did. And then I started doing 80-20 and it was like, okay, run this fast and then keep running. And yeah. I was like, keep running. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> And I started doing it and I was like, oh, actually this is better. Yeah. This is actually much better. Um, it flushes you out. It keeps you moving. It, you know, it brings your heart rate back down. It's just like, there's, it's so much better. So yeah. So I always, I always like, although I don't do every single program that I write for every single person, it's like, I've done all the aspects before I've, yeah. I've really experimented on myself before I give others things. Um, it's that greater understanding and appreciation of like what is required from the specific dose, um, and exercise. Um, yeah, 80, 20, yeah. And 80, 20 has really opened my, my eyes in that, but, uh, single leg, I mean, it's a big, it's a big piece for me. It's like, truly, I think for like the majority of people that I work with, um, so they don't necessarily have like a functional fitness, um, pursuit. It's like, yeah, single limb training has, has been, and probably will always be for me King, like it, like doing single arm, uh, presses and, and dumbbell rear foot elevated split squats and, things like this just because, uh, it, yeah, you, you train that specific leg without the requirement of the other leg to do work or to help it. So I find that people, you know, become actually much stronger and more functional in their careers. If that, if that's required of them or in their sport, um, by doing things like that. So I love single leg training. I'm happy you said that too. (laughs) 
I just, it's just that there's two, two movements that are synonymous with you and it would be re-elevated split squats or Bulgarian split squats and yeah. now single leg Swiss ball hamstring curls. That's funny that you say that one. I don't feel like I have a, a specific affinity to that, but there was a period of time. Yeah. For, oh, and uh, like a lactic assault bike sprints. Yeah. Cause I'll never forget like when you were coaching me, however many years ago, five years ago when you did my programming and I bought an assault, no, it wasn't, it was like a Schwinn air bike yeah, air down. for my house and you programmed me. I, it was just like four 15 second assault bike sprints with probably like, 20 seconds with 240 rest, something like that. Yeah. And I remember being like, I'll add another, another one or another two. Cause like I'm, I do CrossFit and then yeah. hardcore. Yeah. And I remember I did two or three. I think I did three. Cause the first one's always fine. I did three and I'm like, I can't, like I was going to throw up. It was the worst thing ever. So those are also, that's all you. Yeah. The assault bike is a dangerous tool. It's an asshole. Yeah. It's, it's no, it really is. It can be really dangerous because like you can't, uh, even just going slow is still brings your heart rate up significantly 100%. because of the resistance, the air resistance and the involvement of your arms and your legs um, versus like a spinner. Like yeah. you can very easily stay in zone one on a spinner. You can't really on a salt bike. No. And I think, I think we're, well, it's always existed, but I feel now you're definitely going to start hearing a lot more about zone training, like heart rate training. Yeah. I know Apple in their next watch update, they're going to have like specific, it'll tell you what zone you're in based off of your age and blah, 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 blah. And I know Garmin already does that, but like if Apple's doing it and it's going mainstream, I think you're going to see it be a very powerful tool. Um, and I think if people understand it, it's a really good language to speak. Yeah. Cause rather than saying I've never been a fan and I know we, we do this, but like I've never been a huge fan of, I want you to work at 50% or I want you to work at 75%. What is that? I struggle hard with that. Like yeah. RPE rate of perceived exertion for me, it's always 10 out of 10. So like <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, what I love about heart rate is it's like, no, it is what it is. If you're in zone two, for me, that's going to be in between whatever, 135 and 149. Like yeah. that's the zone I got to stay in. So, um, yeah, like the fact that I can talk to my clients about that and say, Hey, for this workout, you're going to be in zone two. Don't go above it. It's a really cool way for them to actually understand pacing. Yeah. Take the ego out of it. Cause the ego takes over quick. A hundred percent. And then you just want to go hard. Man, Robin, Robin just wants to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of 80, 20. We've been talking about a lot about that. I think it's worth mentioning, which is just like most people work out way too hard. 100%. Way too hard. And not only run too hard or bike too hard, but they work out too hard in the gym. And I think that there is this like, yeah, there's this like, misconception that like, well, if I'm in the gym, it's gotta be all out all yeah. the time. But the reality is that we'll know that's a sure way it will work at first. Like if you haven't, if you haven't done fitness for a really long time, for it sure. will work at first, you'll see great gains and it will just continue to work until it doesn't anymore. And you break. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you burn out, you get injury or get injured. Um, whereas, yeah, we take the ego out of the equation. We work specific heart rates or specific paces or however yeah. you want to kind of, or specific powers, um, power ranges. And then now all of a sudden it's like, well, we're working at that low pace or that moderate pace. And each of these different energy systems is important because without going into it too depth, like into too much depth, it's like each of these things give our bodies physically, physiologically, um, different, different responses. They yeah. elicit different adaptations. Um, and so it's really important to train each of them mm -hmm. and train them in the right dosages. But most people is it's just like full on, full on out. 
Yeah. Um, even if they feel like, well, but that's not my natural cadence. It's like, it's still too fast. For your sure. zone X, like we talk about, um, which is just like too, like too high above moderate or you're in high intensity and you're just not gonna be able to maintain that. Yeah. Like Brooke is a good example. Is she always too high? Always. Yeah. She never liked to run well, because she's like, I told her to do heart rate sucks. training. She's like, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but that's I mean, like everybody, I think that's why 90% of people hate running Yeah, because they, they go out at a five thirty pace when they should be doing an eight minute pace and they finish the run. They're like, exactly. Pukey, right? Exactly. But to, to go back to it, whether it's like pace, you know, pace, heart rate or power, I think all of those things just are a very similar language that For have sure. the same goal. And so now Brooke is following pace. Um, cause I, I influenced her. <laughs> um, but now she's at a point where her pacing is appropriate. It's based off of her 5k time. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's so personalized to her and it's, it's now she's running in the right place. Yeah. So she finished, she actually enjoys it. Yeah. She actually enjoys running because she's hitting a place where she can sustain. Yeah. And when she's finished, she's like, I feel good. I don't feel like my day's ruined or yeah. like my week's ruined or like my knees bummed out. So heart rate training. It's the best man. Yeah. It's the best. And I think that's why seasons are important. Yeah. Like I think because for me, someone who I, I do, train hard yeah. too hard sometimes if i go into it with just like all right summertime i know like i like to work out hard outside i like to go for long runs all right that's kind of my on season maybe i'm, I'm pushing a little bit harder than i should whereas winter time or fall time like that's my recovery season that's where i'm still at the gym but maybe i'm not pushing as hard like i think it's good to think of it that way so then it's like yeah there are times of the year where i might be pushing a little bit harder than i should but as long as that isn't 12 months and I think that's the case for a lot of people is it's just, no, no, no. I'm going to do hit training every single day, 12 months out of the year or whatever, 365 days out of the year. It's like, no, that's going to beat you up. That ain't good. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it's cool. Great mentality. That's cool, man. Uh, anything else? Uh, I mean, probably. Speaking of marathons, this is the marathon of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might clip the end and just make it a completely yeah. different one. Or I'll have this as like one. And then I'll have another one. And it's like, hey, if you've listened to the end of this one, fantastic. Don't worry about listening to the next one. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Well, thank you for taking uh, hours out of your day to chat with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for pushing me to do this. It's yeah. always great to be here. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Okay, see you, dude. Bye.